This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Revelation chapter 4. A little bit we'll be looking at some verses in that chapter. Revelation chapter 4. As we begin, let me remind us, though, of something we looked at last time in Psalm 100. We started in this series, the biblical protocols of prayer. I've shared with you that my burden is that a culture of prayer exists here at Good News, where our hearts compel us to go to the Lord in prayer about everything. I got a call this afternoon from one of our good men, and just burdens, and the Holy Spirit prompted me before we got done with that conversation, time to pray, time to pray. <clears throat> However, as we go to the Lord, remember there are protocols that He has given us to guide our approach to His throne. There's a right way to do it. So in Psalm 100, verse 4, we, were, we are told, we saw this last time, we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And then for emphasis, the Holy Spirit repeats in that last phrase, be thankful unto him. Don't miss that. And here's the praise part, bless his name. That thanksgiving is the gratitude protocol that we looked at. So we often respond to greatness with praise, don't we? We'll see someone do something and we'll go, wow. Uh, they build something, uh, some accomplishment, wow. And we, we are driven to give them praise for what we've just seen. But there is one, capital O, who created all things for his glory and he exclusively reserves that privilege of praise, right? Our God. On earth, that privilege is withheld from God as men sing their own praises. In fact, you can tell a lot about an individual by what they praise. In fact, sometimes they like to praise themselves. That, again, that reveals uh, where they're at spiritually, uh, the kind of individual that they are. Have you ever thought about the fact that on this earth, if it weren't for believers, there wouldn't be anybody praising God? Though He alone deserves all worship and praise. And so His redeemed, His church, His people, if we're not focused on praise... The very reason for which he created man, that is not happening. But one of the greatest blessings we have is to offer him praise. And so again, in heaven, there will, his, where his will is done perfectly, consider that God lives in the midst of unceasing praise. 
In fact, Harold Vaughn, he's written the resource that we have been referring to. Uh, I am a, I'm adding to it uh, just as the Lord leads, but he's got some great thoughts in here. And here's what he says. Praise is God's address. It's where he lives. He makes his abode where people magnify, exalt, celebrate, and bless his name. Question, does the praise in heaven ever stop? Yes or no? Never. Never. It's ongoing. All right, so tonight let's look at the praise protocol. Let's compare for a moment what is happening in heaven right now with what is happening on earth. You're in Revelation chapter 4. Let's just begin at the beginning of the chapter. After this I looked, the apostle John writes, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now I will acknowledge that in the context These are future things, but we're also going to get a glimpse of what is always happening in heaven, including right now. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardis stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. Wow. Already we're we're overwhelmed by the beauty of this. Verse 4, round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed with white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded, imagine this, lightnings, thunders, and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Now let's pause for a moment. How many spirits of God are there? You you say, well, I just read seven, so I'm not sure how to answer that. God the Father, God the Son, and God the what? Holy Spirit. There's one Holy Spirit. But He is the Holy Spirit everywhere present. And what we learn back in chapters 2 and 3 is that the Spirit of God is present Not only in every assembly of believer, but in the heart of every believer. And so this is helping us to understand that the Spirit of God represented by what John saw everywhere present. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf. The third beast had a face as a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about. They were full of eyes within. They rest not day and night saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and which is to come. I'd love to just pause here and have us talk about what we are seeing. The throne room. Now go to chapter 5 and would you look at verse 6. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Capital L. Who's this? It's Jesus. As it had been slain. 
In other words, a full reminder of His sacrifice for us. Having seven horns, seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And He came and took the book out of the right hand of Him that sat upon the throne. And when He had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the throne having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Now here's where the praise, we see the praise. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood, thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Again, more praise. To receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All right. That is what happens in the future at the time of what John is seeing. But again, I would remind us. This setting is already in place, and they are already praising the Lord this way. Including loved ones that knew Christ that you and I know have gone on ahead of us. They're seeing this, they're witnessing this, they are participating in this as we speak. But compare that with what is happening on earth right now, as is described in Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? The nations imagine a vain thing. And it goes on to talk how they've risen up against the Lord and His anointed. They want to throw off His authority. That has been the testimony of humanity here. Sadly, even the worship in our churches is being diluted by hearts full of sin and self. Okay, And so the first truth, first truth we need to consider as we praise the Lord in prayer is that true praise requires a right heart. In fact, I would say it this way, it requires a revived heart. I like what the songwriter said. We ought to sing this all, revive my heart. Uh, every day I need to get up. Uh, make a living sacrifice, present myself a living sacrifice to the Lord, ask the Lord to work in my heart. There are sometimes before I ever pray, I will just take time to read or listen to the scriptures because I need to be awakened. Okay? But the necessity of a revived heart. Revival is necessary for God's people to magnify, exalt, and bless His name. Now, why is that the case? Uh, well, because we worship John 4.24 according to spirit and truth. It's of the spirit, according to the truth. That's where we're getting these, these protocols. Now, my heart can be in tune with the Lord, but that fast it can be somewhere else. And so I need that constant reviving from the Lord. Uh, in the book, uh, the author says this, revival has been described as, as heaven kissing earth. 
Oh, I, I need to be in tune with that place that is my home where my God reigns. True revival is this, what is happening in heaven, happening in a believer's heart here. That's revival. Now, obviously, in heaven, minus confession, there's no confessing of anything up there because hearts remain right with God there. But I I need to examine myself, let God renew me, revive me, uh, and then uh, use me to bring praise to Him. When our hearts are right, praise-filled praying takes us before the throne to accomplish our highest calling. Why were we created? The scripture tells, for thy pleasure, we are and were created. So righteous hearts, praising God, allow the believer to know true satisfaction from his God. So to be able to praise, I have to have a revived heart. But let me, let me share with you an important spiritual secret tonight. The praise you offer God is one of the greatest satisfactions that your God has given to you. Praise brings true satisfaction to a believer's heart. A right heart praising God experiences the reality of Psalm 1611. I'm not just making this up. What does Psalm 1611 say? It's our theme verse here at Good News. In thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. Now, did the Holy Spirit just say that to kind of give us some fuzzy feelings? No, that's true. In thy presence, fullness of joy, at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This is why the 1648 Westminster Catechism, the short catechism, says this. It's consistent with Scripture. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Those go together. Bring glory to Him and the enjoyment that comes from that. This is true because God said so. But why? Why did He say it? Well, through praise, God reveals Himself to those who worship Him. When I'm praising God, He is revealing to me His greatness. He's reminding me, He's showing me His his greatness on, on behalf of His creation and His children. The presence of God is a place of incredible delight. Harold Vaughn emphasizes the fact that, quote, sanctification, gladness, I'm sorry, satisfaction, gladness, and delight are found in the courts of our Lord. And we're to enter those courts with praise, right? God's manifest presence brings unspeakable enjoyment. One of the most thrilling things for any Christian who's right with God is to come and assemble together and to praise God together. Do you ever get moved with the praise that we're doing together here? Oh, does it satisfy? That's why David said, when I'm surrounded by all these problems, I long to go to the house of God. Why? Because of what he saw there. He he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness. His, His heart longed for that. 
And then Harold Vaughn goes on to say this. He adds, The courts of heaven provide joy as we taste and see that the Lord is good. Employing the praise protocol prepares us for intercession. It lifts our hearts. It prepares us for intercession. Some Christians struggle. I just don't feel, you know, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm not satisfied in my walk with the Lord. Here's a very important question. Tell me how much time you're spending praising God and meaning it. How much time? That is the key. That's the door that swings open to that satisfaction. Now, having said that, the truths we've just considered have a very practical application, and here it is. True praise expresses excitement and joy. True praise expresses excitement and joy. Christians have more reason to be full of joy than anyone else. In fact, let me just ask you this. Do you have any reason not to be full of joy? Well, but, but Pastor, you don't know I do understand. Let me tell you how I understand. You need to pray for your preacher because as I'm preparing these messages, God is giving me life experiences to see whether I'm going to practice what I preach. I told someone today, as this morning, I was sitting at home, I was studying for this message about praise and, and how we need to express the praise. Literally, this is what happened. Lauren's here tonight. She knows. I look out my office window and I'm like, wait a minute. Yesterday, there was a trailer sitting out there chained to the tree. My trailer's gone. I jump up, I run outside, and there are pieces of my chain laying on the ground. My trailer's gone. You know what the Holy Spirit said? Are you going to praise me? (laughs) Okay, I'll do this. And you know what? I start praising him. Lord, thank you. The Lord giveth, and this is what I said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away Blessed be the name of the Lord. And already I started feeling this this load lifted. I still don't have a trailer. (laughs) But you know what? Immediately God started to minister to my heart. It settled me down. I needed to be settled down. I started making phone calls and called the police. And and we're working through all these things. and, And all that got buttoned up. And... And I'm trying not to think about the guy that I saw on my neighbor's door cam sometime early in the morning with a big truck driving away with my trailer. But praise God. And I need to express that. Now, don't ask my kids this, but there would have been other times where the whole day may have been ruined for Dad. The whole day wasn't ruined. Because immediately I turned in praise to God because, you know what, that trailer doesn't matter. My heart attitude of praise towards my God in heaven, that does matter. And the same is true for each of us. Stop and think about what we have all witnessed at sporting events. We talk about excitement and joy. 
You ever seen any crazy fans at a sports event? Okay. Wow. And sometimes they'll even, these guys will take off their shirts. It can be sub-zero and they've got paint on and they're jumping around acting crazy. And, uh, and why? Because they're excited about a sports team and, uh, you know, they want to give praise to a winning team, whatever. Sometimes the world puts us to shame. We have so much to praise our God for with the exciting things he is doing that matter forever. And the world gets, boy, they, they sing with enthusiasm about stuff that doesn't, you know. Uh, they have some of the be- most beautiful tunes about car tires and toothpaste. and They're all excited about it. Have you ever looked around during a song service to see how your brothers and sisters in Christ are praising the Lord? You may not want to do that. Just keep looking up and with a smile and a heart full, you keep praising God. Now, I think good news is exceptional. I, I listen to you sing when we travel and we, were, we had to be away last week and tuning into the services. And it, it just thrills my heart. But they get excited about things that are temporal. We should be doubly excited. Holy Spirit working through us about that which is eternal. At those football events or whatever sporting events, no one thinks that that's unusual, do they? No, no, I've never been to one of those events and somebody leaned over and said, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> never hear that. But let me ask you this. Does 2 Samuel 6.14 seem odd to you or make you uncomfortable? And David danced before the Lord with all his might. He lost himself. And David was girded with an, a linen ephod. There was nothing immodest, but you know what? He stepped out of being king to being a praiser of the, of the Almighty. Do you ever get lost in your worship and praise to God? A lot of people look at that and go, boy, that was weird. What was David doing? David was praising the Lord. By the way, when we all get to heaven and people are bowing down and casting crowns in front of the Lord, we're not going to say, this, is, this just seems a little out of the ordinary. No, 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 that's going to be ordinary. In fact, I think we're going to be shouting and cheering and clapping in heaven. There's going to be dancing. Not because somebody's taking dance lessons. We're just going to be all so excited about what we are witnessing in the praise to God. You and your glorified body, you won't be able to contain yourself. Now, one reason many conservative churches have died was not because of theology. They died. Now, sometimes that does happen. But many times they died because unrevived saints lost their doxology. Just got old to them. It was no longer relational, personal. Praising the Lord is meant to be joyful, relational, life giving. For the same reason, by the way, many mega churches are dead and don't know it. Because what they think is life is hype or manipulation through music, drama, media, without any real theological understanding of what praise and worship is or even what's happening in the throne room. That's why we took some time and tried to focus on that tonight. 
Vaughn points out that instead of counting our bruises, we should be counting our blessings. Think of Paul and Silas in the Philippian uh, jail. They weren't counting bruises, they were counting blessings. Even as we pray, praise and gratitude should always be the leading protocols before petitioning God. Hebrews 13, 15, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And what's the next word? What is it? Continually. Continually. Praise continually. That's our privilege. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What a difference a praising heart makes to our God and to our own perspective. William Secker wrote in his book, The Singular Actions of Sanctified Christians. He wrote this in the late 1800s. He said this, A drop of praise is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. Sometimes God gets our drops of praise. But he's given us an ocean of mercy. We need to praise, praise, praise. And Philippians 4, 6 reminds us that even as we praise or we pray over those things that make us anxious, we do it with thanksgiving, with praise. So let's conclude. Praise will be our chief occupation in glory, as we saw in Revelation earlier. Since it will be our employment in heaven, should we not make it our greatest work now? If we're going to have a culture of prayer here, it will have to be a culture of praise here. Where we just love to get together and brag on the Lord and give Him praise. Can you think of anything that you can praise God for right now? There is so much. And as we talk and we just share the blessings and we share the concerns... Turn it into praise, and then it lead, let it lead you to prayer. You say, but I don't feel, always feel like praising. Shouldn't my praise be sincere? Well, certainly it should be sincere. It should always be sincere from a clean heart, but my flesh, and that's my feelings, my flesh should never cause me to run before the throne of grace with praise, or keep me from running before the throne of grace with praise on my lips. Just set aside the feelings and praise. Although it will be hard at times to praise God for what is happening now, still do it while also praising God for what is yet to be. Paul said, I don't look at the things that are here. I look at the things that will be. So again, let me close with this quote. Final admonition tonight. Praise God when you feel like it or until you feel like it. The praise protocol is a happy protocol. God wants to satisfy your heart. Go before him and praise. Let's stand together. Father, we praise you tonight. For your many blessings, 
As we've also been seeing in Job, thank you for who you are as our unfailing God. Lord, help us to believe, teach us, make it our conviction that in your presence is fullness of joy. Right now we can be at your right hand. And thank you that we'll enjoy that forevermore as we engage in praise to you. Lord, I'm reminded tonight, even as Paul was on a doomed ship in the Aegean, they hadn't seen the sun for days, Everyone feared for their lives. Lord, you met with him. I believe that was a praise session. And then he stood up in front of those soldiers and those other prisoners and he gave thanks. And Lord, that changed everyone's perspectives and prepared them for a crash landing and survival. Lord, in this dark world where people are miserable and empty, we know the God who is in control and who is worthy of our praise. Help us to praise much. And Lord, use it to minister to our hearts as we bless your heart. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.